feel worship's not finished. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe worship's finished. I believe God's putting songs in people's hearts and He wants to put songs in people's hearts this morning. And uh, we, just lately, we've been sensing just the Spirit of God just moving and witnessing with our spirits. And you know, we, we can focus, and we have been to some degree, focusing on the, on the principles of God and the hands of God. But there is that thing of, of actually focusing on God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of that scripture, 1 Corinthians 5, 14. It says, the love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ. My love for Him compels me. Not you. I love you too, but it's not that. It's not what you think of me. or It's, it's God's love that compels me to do everything I do. Nothing else. And, uh, and I feel this morning is God putting a song in, in our hearts to love Him again. And uh, I was just preparing, even this morning, um, I felt God give me a scripture in Psalm 8. And as any good teacher, you, you can take a, a scripture and you can dissect it and you can study it and you can put commentaries to it and you can read about all those things um, because you know you've got to present it to his bride, his church. And uh, you want to do it to the best that you can in that. And I, I was just preparing for this, even going through scripture and looking up Greek and Hebrew meanings and everything. And as marvelous as all of that was, I was wrestling with something. I was wrestling with the Scripture. I felt the Lord challenged me in that. Is, as I was reading it, as I was reading it, I, I thought, God, help me with this. I know it's a Scripture you've given me. It's not naturally a Scripture I would be inclined, inclined to just go and study. The Psalms is not something that always grabs me. And it's because maybe I'm not as an affectionate person as I should be in the Lord. And uh, as I was reading it and I was studying it and I felt the Lord say, Benny, what are you reading? I'm like, God, I'm reading Scripture. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm studying your Scripture. He says, no, what is it? And, I, and I, I felt him say, it's a psalm. It's a song. It's a song for me, written by David. It's, it's, it's a song that I've put in his heart. As God's giving us songs to sing about him, God put a song in David's heart. And God convicted David's spirit, and he began to move in wonder, and he moved in awe, and he moved in joy, and just the glory of who God was. And he began to sing the song. He began to proclaim it. It was something within him. And uh, I was just reading, and David was a man who was skillful. And I love it because, Jonathan, we went to Swellendam uh, yesterday. And uh, one of the scriptures that he highlighted was one that I was reading, but it really kind of illuminated to me again. In Psalm 78, 72, it says that David... It says, yeah, so, so the shepherd, so, did I give you that one? He says, so he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. You know, David, he wasn't just this master skillful musician, but he was like God was training him 
and he's skillful in, in, in with dealing with people's hearts with the integrity of, of heart. He was shaping hearts for the Lord, really, and getting people right before the Lord with their hearts. And so David was known even as a man after God's own heart. And, and that's part of our responsibility, guys, is, as we allow God to mold and shape us. He's shaping us in, our, in, in the heart, in, in the pursuing of Him. And, uh, and so I want to share just from Psalm 8, and I'm going to read it, and I'm not going to read it as a teacher this morning. <laughs> I'm not going to do an expository kind of preach, but I'm going to read it, just read it, and just hear the heart of David's song. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who has set your glory above the heavens? And out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and, and the avenger. And when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you should visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with the glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the fields, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. The Lord our Lord has, is excellent in his name in all the earth. And I, I just love the scriptures. They, as I started reading this, I, I didn't just start seeing this as just a teaching. I started seeing what David was singing. He was singing to the Lord. He was declaring the praises of his God. He was declaring God's goodness. And you know, David was a skillful musician. And I'm sure, think of this. You and I can read this as a scripture this morning. But I'm sure as David was reading this, he must have been thinking, I've got a song in my heart, and I've got to declare this. I've got to, I've got to bring this out, and I've got to put it out that people can hear it. And just imagine, David must have had psalms. I'm sure while he's singing this, he's, he's probably thinking, this is where I want to put the wind instruments. This is where I want to put the string instruments, like the guitars. This is where I want to put the drums. It's like I want to declare through, through music just how glorious our God is. And he begins to put this, and I'm sure he even had the choir, he's, because it says that he, has a, he had a choir. Yeah. And I'm sure he must have thought, oh, I know where I'm going to put the sopranos, where I'm going to put the altars, I know where I'm going to put the, what else is there? Tenors, the bass. I'm sure he thought all of those things, because David had a song in his heart. It wasn't just words. It wasn't just, you know, yeah. he wanted to declare the glory of our God. He wanted to declare how awesome God was. Think of it. He wanted that to be an, a proclamation. And I was just thinking about this. It's almost like, you know, that kind of awe, that kind of revelation of God doesn't produce in us almost like a, a formal gentleman, English-style bravo. Thank you, Lord. You know, that. thank you for your creation. No, it was... You know, this composed thing that, that we sometimes present to the Lord. It's a phony sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm not a, and I want to say this because I know a lot of people say, I don't, I don't believe in the emotions. Come on, God created us to be emotional beings. Otherwise, why give the songs? Why give it? Because it's a song. What does songs do? It provokes emotions. 
Because you know and I know there's a lot more than knowing God just here. Think of it. Think of, think of love songs. When you, when you sing and you think about your wife, you teenagers, I'm sure you've got a lot of songs. And I'm sure you're thinking when you're listening to that song, you've got love songs. Okay, Chad's kids and my kids don't have love songs. They don't believe in love, you know. But I'm sure those songs provoke emotions. Like, oh, I just love that person. It does. Why? God gave that to us. It's a God-given thing. And, uh, and so David's really declaring the glory of God. And he's doing it. You know, with everything. It's not just with all his mind. He's loving the Lord with all his mind, his soul, and his strength. With everything within him. And why do you think guys come here to the front? We, it's almost in that, it's not because we're trying to be showy. It's, it's something of a testimony. God, I want to give you everything this morning, even if it comes to the front. Maybe you've never come to the front. Maybe do it next week. Because this is something in that. It's like, God, I'm, I'm, I don't want to just be in the pew saying how marvelous is your I want to... Express it any way I can. And I'm not saying don't limit it today. I'm just saying there, there has to be an expression of worship in us that's extravagant for the Lord because God is extravagant to us. <laughs> Good, I'm glad you're hearing. <laughs> Revelations 4.11. This is what like David's even saw. He says, Worthy are you, Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and by your will, they existed and were created. Just think of that. I love this scripture because it's saying God willed it. It's God's will. It was his desire to do what he did. Think of creation. You know, I was just thinking about just creation. It's, it's the hands of God. But think of creation in itself. The word creation. You have to be creative. Who's an artist here? An artist. Olivia's not here at the moment. She's doing kids' church. You're an artist, Jamie. You paint pictures. You paint pictures. Okay, portraits. And I'm sure there's people that dance. Portraits, paintings. What, when you do that, you don't just think to myself, oh, yeah, I've got to do this. I've got to design whatever or draw whatever. No, it's something within you. You begin to create something because you, you've got this burning desire of what you, you feel and see in your heart that you want to put out there and express on a canvas, Right? Well, that's our God. That's how God is. He's, he's creative. Notice it doesn't say how God, in the beginning, God formulated the world into being, or God um, engineered the world, or God designed even. It said God created. There was something in the heart of God that he, it was an expression of, I just want to display my glory. And David was beholding that glory. You know, when, before I came full-time eldership, I was a designer by trade. I, I worked at Petros, it's probably close on to 10 months now. And uh, I was just thinking about, you know, my, my creativity was very limited in my designs. I, 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 I didn't have, you know, when, when I did things, I had so many protocols. I had, I had to look at things like cost efficiency, I had to look at regulations, I had to look at standards and formulas. And so when I did designs, you know, take what's process designs and make them construction designs, I didn't have Petra SA saying to me, Benny, we want you to be creative, you know, think out the box, you know, cost is no, no problem, you know, just do whatever you, you feel, you know, they didn't, they didn't do that. I was boxed, I was, I mean, working for a petrochemical industry, there's very high 
uh, explosive material, flammable things. So you've got to make sure your, your, your stuff and your designs are right because people's lives are at stake. And so I was very restricted in my designs, okay? But God doesn't have a restriction. He doesn't have a limit to his box. God didn't think, uh, you know, he was unlimited in wisdom. He was unlimited in his power. He was unlimited even in his resources. He didn't think, oh, how much have I got? Okay, can I do this? You know, he just did it. Hey? <laughs> Ooh, I got there. Chad said he ran out of material when he, ran, when he made woman. He took it out of the woman's side. So. No, I'm sorry, the man's side. <laughs> but God didn't have a box. Think of it. God, even, think of it, even creation, God didn't look and think, well, can physics do what I want to do here? Is, is there a mathematical possibility that I can do this, that it's going to be, that, it's, that it can happen? Yeah, God didn't think like that. He was beyond all that. He was above all of that. You know, think of it, matter, all of those things. Really, it's, it's like, I, I love the scripture before I go there, but, but it's like, Every law, every equation came into being because God spoke it. So God didn't think, can this law work? No, no, creation came because laws and physics said, our maker has spoken. Let's put this thing into being. Let's make it happen because that's what he demands. Isn't that amazing? It's a powerful God. He wasn't restricted. And I'm just wanting us to see something here this morning because it's like when you look at creation, it's the beauty and the marvel of, of who our God is. You think of a beautiful flower to the trees. You think of amazing, ugly, even funny-looking animals that God created. You think, yes, God must have had a sense of humor when you look at even some of these monkeys and things. And you look at, you look at the planets and you think, God, you are awesome. You are amazing. You're, you're, you created all these things. And I love it because he's so creative. I mean, God didn't have to look. He didn't have to say, hold still while I try and capture this thing, you know, because it came from him. It didn't come from anything outside of him. In fact, what was God's canvas? Think of it. What was God's canvas? Darkness. That was, that was his canvas. That's all he had to go by. And yet, I mean, we think we're creative. But think of it, your creativity only comes by what you see, what you know, what you've experienced. And you put that together from, from that place and you begin to put on your canvas. But God's canvas was nothing. Darkness. And I love the fact that when, and I, I want you to capture this because God created you and he created me. He didn't hold back. Every person here is created because God chose you. God designed you. He fashioned you. You're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. You're here because God decided it. Isn't that amazing? This creative God, this awesome God, this powerful God, he looked at you and he, he had you in his mind. He must have. He, he had a blank canvas. All he had was that. He said, but I've got you in mind. And this is how you're going to look. And I just, I, I just wonder what, you know, what must have provoked the heart of God to do that. Like, I want to use this stroke. I want to use this brush. I want to use this contour. I want to express this in you. And it's like, this is something of the marvel of God within us. And Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus unto good works. For God had before, uh, before that he ordained that we should walk in them. You see, we his workmanship. You are not, but you're not just the workmanship that's just you are. Okay, think of that scripture. It says you are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. So he didn't just create you. Okay, he didn't just create you that you can just be. Although that is who you are. But he also created that you can do. God's got a design and you are part of his design, but also the works that you do are part of what he's designed, that he's created you to do. Isn't that a mar- marvelous, hey? So you're not just here to exist. Do you, do you get that? You're not just here to exist, but you're here to, to be the outworking of his glory, the outworking of what he prepared in advance. And that in itself, as you begin to respond out of that glory of who he is and you begin to work outside of that place of, of what he's placed within you, you begin to declare the glory of, him, of God. Isn't that amazing? That's how we worship him. That's how we praise him. We declare his glory. Also by the works that we do. I'm not preaching works. I'm preaching grace and, 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 and God's love working out of us. And I love the fact, when I look at Genesis, and I love just how God says this in Genesis 1.26. God said, let us, let us make man in our image. Think of that account. So he's created the universe, he's creating the world, but when it comes to mankind, it's like the Trinity get together and says, you know what, here, it's going to require us. (laughs) Jesus, what do you think? Father, Holy Spirit, it's like, we're going to create something. That's beautiful, something that's unique, something that's going to really be a marvel. And God creates us, like the work of the Trinity. Oh, man, the, team, the teamwork of God to create you and I. And that, think of that. That's, that's awesome. I mean, how, how arrogant are we to think it just takes me to disciple you? Man, if it took the, the Trinity, the team of the Trinity to create you, wouldn't you agree it's going to definitely take the church to help you Move in the works that God has for you, to disciple you in that. I'm not, I, don't, I, I would feel arrogant if I think, well, it took the Trinity to, to form Chad. It would be just me to help him walk in, his, in, in what God has for him. That's pretty arrogant of me. No, man, he's called us to do this, to walk in his glory, to declare the praises that he's called us to. And yeah, God. I love Psalm 139. You can turn there quickly. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows every, very well. See, there's something in that, is, is even in his acknowledgement, even in that recognition, that God is, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Wonderful. And marvelous are his works. Because I know who I, what God has done in me, there's something of the beauty and the marvel of, of him, the creator. And so David here is standing in this revelation when he begins to sing the song, as he begins to declare this. And notice that this is all a proclamation to the Lord. All of this is, uh, if you even read that Psalm 108, it's, there's actually exclamation marks in there. And, and, and David's beginning to, 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 to declare this. He's beginning to shout that. But then he gets to 
this scripture where it says, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you should care, of, care for him? Notice how what was an exclamation mark now becomes a question mark. And David's, I, I want you to think about this. He's not just, he's not just asking this, uh, you know, he's, he's actually sitting there in awe. He's sitting there and marveling, God, what is man? What is man? What, what, is, what is man that you actually consider him? What is he? And so David's not so much just doing a proclamation, but now he's actually asking the Lord. You know, out of all the places you would have put a question mark, would you agree? I would have maybe have asked, Lord, how did you put the heavens together? How did you put the moon and stars in place? I would have maybe have put the question mark there. I don't know about you. How did you form this? How did you create that? But he doesn't. He puts the, the question mark in more, in an unusual place. What is man? That you're mindful. You see, David understood that it was an attachment of himself in asking that question. Like, there's something unique in me that God's done in me that's different to creation. I want to know something more intimately. Would you agree with me? David's seeking something intimately, not just here. He's not seeking an intellectual. Otherwise, he would have asked, well, how did you do the stars? How did you do that? How did you do that? But he's asking, it's almost like he's asking a question that he's, he's anticipating, but he God, I want to understand this, this concept of why, why me? You guys with me? <laughs> you see, this kind of praise demands awe, not just of the mind, but awe of the heart. David was standing in awe of God's heart. Wow. Why would God create me? He was in awe of God's heart. He wasn't thinking like a scientist. God explained to me the laws of physics. Or like a mathematician. God explained the equations that you used here. Or like a, what, what do they call those guys? Um, quantum physicists. God explained the nature of light of how that atom came to being. He's like, God, why me? What is man? What am I that you are mindful of me? And I love it because it's, it's, that question is like puts us in a place of, it's like, it's like he's asking a rhetorical question, but he's, he's asking a question, but he's also anticipating, it's not, not so much a verbal proclamation back, well, here's how I made man, David. He's not waiting for that. He's like, he's like waiting in, a, in an expectation of God. I want to witness with why. I want to witness why me. Why create me? What, what am I that you are mindful of me? Think of that. So David is not trying to provoke an intellectual thought with the Lord. He's, he's provoking a heart question. Why would God care for me? I, I, I remember witnessing to an agnostic um, guy at work and at Petra saying, unfortunately, he died. But I, I remember the large portion of, of just ministering to him agnostic is quite a difficult person to, to minister. Maybe you are an agnostic. I don't know. But sometimes I find it more difficult to minister agnostic. And agnostic is not someone who doesn't believe in the Lord, for those who don't know. But that's someone that believes that um, he's unknowing. And so this guy believed that there's a possibility there's a God. Because if I look at creation, even he was at the place. He says, look, I can't deny that there must be a creator. Because he even knew that this world didn't just come into being. It's impossible. You know, science would tell you there's just no way if, if things had to line up the way they did and things, there had to be a designer. And this person believed that. 
And I still remember him having this discussion with me, and he says, you know, you've reduced all of this. He says, my belief is that, is that the only way we're going to know him is by knowing science, is by knowing intellect. As the more we, we know things, we begin to understand this God. And I remember having this conversation with him, and I said, but you know, the problem with that is you're just wanting to know him here intellectually. I said, but what about intimate? God created us to be intimate beings. And so it's not just to pursue him here, but it's to pursue him here. Same way you want to find out things here through your knowledge, but we can also know him here. He says, but that's impossible. I said, why? Because God created us to be emotional beings. He put eternity not in my mind, but he put it in my heart that I can know him intimately. I said, it's the same as my wife. I don't know my wife ins and outs. I don't know all her buttons. Much as I'd, I'd love to, and I'm sure every man can say the same, you don't know how your wife's brain works sometimes. But that doesn't mean I don't pursue her intellect. That means I pursue her intimately. And there's a difference. So I don't have to know here, but I, I, I do to a degree. <laughs> but it's, it's knowing here. It's knowing a heart that, that counts. And it's in that that as I engage with her, I begin to know her, and I begin to understand her. I begin to comprehend how she thinks and works and operates. But it's important. And it's the same with the Lord, church. We are to seek Him. And yes, He's unknowing. But that doesn't call Him to, to say, come and know me. <laughs> come. It's like His desire, His want is everything. Come and know me. I want you to know me. I want you to hear my heart, that, that word that Bryden brought. I didn't tell him what I was sharing. I didn't know. Oh, it's amazing how the words tied up. But God, I want, I want you to hear my heart. And part of that knowing my heart is giving you a new song because I know intellectually it's not going to cut it for you. You can read scripture like I did. And you can read it through a lens of knowing, knowing, knowing all here. But God's saying, oh, but I'm also giving you to know me. I'm giving you a song that you begin to sing to me. Because with that song, there's going to be emotions attached to it. There's going to be affections. There's going to be love that's going to come through my spirit that's going to engage with your spirit. Think of that. That's what God's calling us to. What is man that you are mindful of him? Or son of man that you should care of him? And you might be here. This is David's song to you. Maybe you've never met Jesus. Can I say, this is still David's song. And he was singing prophetically for us on our behalf. Because he says, what is man? He didn't say, what is Israel that you are mindful of them? He didn't say, what is the church that you are mindful of him? He didn't say, what are the saved people that you are mindful of him? He says, what is man? He's talking about mankind. That word is mankind that he's talking about. He's talking about all of us, every single person in this room. God is mindful of you. And what is that person, whoever you are, that he's conscious of you, that he cares for you? God wants to know you intimately this morning. You might have never met Jesus. I'm just praying because I know intellectually I can convey something to you this morning. But I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would come and touch your heart. That there's a God there that wants to meet you personally and on a personal level. And he doesn't want to come just in declaring his glory outside here and out there. He wants to declare it in here, in your heart. And in order for God to do that, he, he needs to awaken something in us. And the Bible says that he purges our conscience from dead works 
to serve a living God. It's, God has to awaken our conscience. And this morning, I want to pray that. If it, maybe that's you this morning and you've never met Jesus, that you begin to see him this morning. You've had eyes to see, but it's almost like it's a thing of the spirit that you begin to see and hear him. And you begin to behold him like David did here in the psalm. And there might even be people here this morning that have lost that. You've lost sight of that first love. God wants to restore that new song. What is man that you're mindful of him? I want to say, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, God can take the least of us. He can take the worst of sinners. And he can transform us. Bible says in Romans 8, 5 verses 8, but God demonstrated his love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think of that. While you were yet sinner, while you were in the miry clay, while you were living to yourself, while you actually hated God. You know, the Bible says, you might not know that, but the Bible says that before we meet him, before we come to acknowledge, we're actually at war with him. It says the carnal mind is against God. But you're at war because everything is you living for you, for the flesh, for what you want, for the now, for this moment. And God's saying, but I'm calling you to eternity. I'm calling you to myself. And this is about forever and ever in me. It's about relationship with me. I alone bring life. Come to me. And so the call is for that. And I want to say too, because you might feel, but Benny, I can't do that. I don't feel that in my heart. I don't feel that. You're right. If, you, if you've died, if, you, if you're not born again, you, your heart, the Bible says it's a heart of stone. You, you, you can't do it in yourself. It's the Holy Spirit that does it. He does the work. And um, I'm just reminded just how even it says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Spirit within him. It's 1 Corinthians 12, verses 3. Unless the Spirit moves in your spirit, you can't declare that. And what he means by declaring that is, is you can say it maybe, but you can't actually declare it within your spirit that Jesus is Lord. And so the Holy Spirit has to come and do it within you. I don't know about you, but I'm even feeling even this morning that some of us have lost that. You sing the songs. We can stand here and sing the song, but you've lost that. God, I haven't had your spirit declaring that you, Lord, through me lately. It's been cold. Who gets there? Come on. God wants to give you a new heart this morning. You've been singing the songs. You're coming. You've, you've been faithful. But God isn't calling us to just faithful. Church, he's calling us to have faith. The two can't be separated. It's like, because I have faith, Lord, that God, that you're working in me, that you're transforming you, and, and I'm experiencing you, and your spirit is witnessing with my spirit now, and I can experience your love and your mercy and your kindness, and it's from that place that I declare that you are Lord. From that place, I know it because I can feel it in my spirit. I know in my heart, and I worship you like David did with all my might, my soul, my strength, with everything, because the spirit is working within me. It's not something of the flesh. And that's why Jesus said in John 4, those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. Not just truth, in spirit and truth. Do you, do you get it? God's calling us. He's giving us a new song, church. And I want to close off with this scripture. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. He says, I will give you, oh, here it is, great. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put 
my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Notice what he's saying. It's from that place, as your heart is transformed, as there's a great exchange that takes place through Jesus. It's like, God, take this heart of stone. I can't even do this in my own strength. It's impossible. God's saying, take that out, because I want to give you a heart of flesh. And you know, all it takes is from us is coming before him and saying, God, you come and do this. Take this heart of stone. I know I'm not responding. I know my heart is hard towards you. God, I want a heart of flesh. I want my heart to begin to beat to the heartbeat of God this morning. And and I love that because it's from that place that he says, and he'll keep my, and it's from that place that causes you to walk my statutes and you'll keep my judgment. It's from that place that we begin to do what God has called us to do when he replaces the heart. You see, the moment we do things, we'll do it out of the flesh because God hasn't told us to do that. When you do things, when you run in the flesh, it's not what God's called us to because it's not from the place of a heart of flesh. It's a heart of stone. And so can we maybe just bow our heads this morning? Maybe I've been sharing. Maybe there's someone here that hasn't met Jesus this morning. And you know how you know that you still have a heart of flesh. You're still serving because maybe that's what your family did. Or maybe a friend brought you here and you're doing it because maybe... It's a good thing to do, and I want to maybe just look good on the outside and conform to what everybody else is doing. But you know in your heart that you don't have a heart of flesh. I want to say today is the day that God wants to do a great exchange in your heart. To take the stony heart out of you and to replace it with a heart of flesh. God does this work, church. I don't do it. It says as we read this this, this scripture in Ezekiel, it's the spirit that does it. So if there's anybody here that want to give their life to Jesus and say, God, come and take this heart out of me, this stony heart, this, this heart that actually is against you, this heart that lives for me, this heart that doesn't produce life, it's just, I know where I'm going, and it's not in you. If there's anybody here this morning, I want you to raise your hand. We never want to miss this opportunity 